This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. Today, we're going to talk about POTS and why it is becoming more prevalent. common, prevalent. Yeah. Prevalent, why it's becoming more prevalent. So we are seeing more POTS, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we're seeing more POTS. Uh, and, uh, and I had noticed that, that we were seeing more POTS. We were giving more POTS diagnoses, POTS uh, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. We get a zillion people. Okay, exaggeration. We get, we get, we get so many people that come in here with heart palpitations and, and I bend over and I get lightheaded and, and, uh, and by the time people, most people get here uh, with, with those symptoms, they've usually been evaluated for like trans ischemic attacks and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and pretty much given a clean bill of health. Um, and, and we see it a lot because uh, we, see, we see a lot of thyroid problems that can heart, call heart palpitations. We see a lot of uh, stress responses that can cause tachycardia-like issues like, like pretty much almost every other person or more than that that walks in the door. But POTS rears its ugly head in here every now and then, and it's got a lot uh, more uh, unique, it's got some more unique features to it that lead to its diagnosis. And uh, Dr. Gates is going to talk with you about that because spoiler alert, spoiler alert, uh, the reason and we're seeing it in an increasing a, a number of patients is because um, it's getting diagnosed more. The reason you're seeing it be diagnosed, now you're seeing people who have it and so on and so forth. Uh, it's being diagnosed more. And I can totally understand that from, the, from, from what's actually causing POTS and, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that even though people have been evaluated for trans ischemic attacks and thyroid problems and heart problems and stuff by the time they get here, they're frequently not really evaluated right. for POTS. Very true. And probably a large percentage of, I don't know if we want to say large, but a significant percentage of the chronic fatigue patient population 10 years ago, extending backwards, probably had POTS. And so POTS mm-hmm. is a major cause of fatigue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the research that came out of Mayo Clinic is that it's an autoimmune problem where the immune system makes immune cells, like immune missiles, to the adrenaline receptor. So it blocks the adrenaline receptor, so then an individual stands up. Uh, the body's natural mechanism for raising blood pressure is blunted. So as a result, then the body secretes a lot of adrenaline to try and get the blood pressure up. And so that's why some of you will have normal blood pressure when you're standing, but then you have the elevated heart rate because all that adrenaline fires off a certain part of your heart that controls heart rate, and that results in the POTS. Now, that's a big percentage of POTS. And then autonomic neuropathy, small fiber neuropathy, sympathetic neuropathy is also discussed within the POTS literature. Some estimates say like in the 40, is it 43%? Some people say 50% of POTS patients have small fiber peripheral neuropathy, which overlaps a lot with what we do because we see a lot of small fiber peripheral neuropathy patients in our practice. Small fiber neuropathy overlaps with fibromyalgia. We're even seeing it in other chronic pain syndromes. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, it's all these factors coalescing as to why people are being diagnosed with it more and more and more often. And certain 
mainstream, you know, uh, kind of the gold standard medical facilities, they're really dedicating a lot of research and time and shunting a lot of people into the POTS workup, which is also, I think, why a lot of people are being diagnosed with it. Now, the standard way you diagnose it is the tilt table. That's kind of the gold standard, but you can also do it based on physical examination, making sure there's nothing wrong with the heart, like Dr. Rutherford was alluding to. And then also checking pulse when a person first wakes up with their head neutral, supine as we term it, and then after 10 minutes, take the pulse again after an individual is up and moving around or sitting up. And if there's a 30-point elevation, and it's best to do it in the morning, that is indicative of POTS. You were going to say something it looked like. I was, but you already answered the question. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and so that largely is POTS. Uh, there is some thought that the small fiber neuropathy may be affecting blood flow to other parts of the body as well, which is why a lot of POTS patients may be getting things like brain fog. It's also thought that by you increasing your salt and your water consumption, which is the standard recommendation, aside from a couple different medications, then that will improve the total volume in your body and enough blood to get to your brain so you don't have all the cognitive symptoms because it's so common for POTS patients to have brain fog and feel kind of out of it. And POTS seems to overlap with a lot of autoimmune conditions. We see it overlap with Hashimoto's and the Lyme world. It overlaps with Lyme disease. So it's becoming a pretty common entity that has to be paid attention to. And I will say clinically, we see a lot of results. We diagnose, as Dr. Rutherford said, a lot of patients with POTS. And we see that these strategies work to help them feel better. So, Yeah, and I mean, it's, and, uh, when people would come in with chronic fatigue, uh, historically, I've always said, well, the patients who show up in here, now there are other things, there are chronic diseases that cause fatigue, and but people who show up in our office have usually been screened for for most of those types of things. By the time they show up here, it's usually a misdiagnosed or mismanaged thyroid, misdiagnosed or mismanaged blood sugar, gut problems, it can be Epstein-Barr virus, it can be anemias, because we get a lot of chronic, <laughs> I had one yesterday, chronic uh, autoimmune problems where people have chronic anemias and these give you that massive fatigue. And then adrenals, and I say, and, and then the adrenals, which all the alternative people say, if you can't fix the adrenals, you can't fix anything. But this isn't gonna probably respond well to adrenal herbs and botanicals. Not my experience. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that, but, but, but I was just letting yeah, I know, people I know, know that. I know. And, and so in the alternative field, we make a little fun of it because in the alternative field, there's still a whole group out there. If you can't fix the adrenals, you can't fix anything. And we've argued that it's, uh, it's actually the wrong target. The brain that's telling the adrenals to work is the target. But in this particular case, the immune attack that's hitting the, uh, the adrenals, the receptor sites in the mm -hmm. adrenals for the adrenaline is the problem. And are they developing, in your research, are they developing uh, like an antibody test to the receptor sites for the- I haven't seen an antibody test come about okay. yet. Mayo Clinic may be using it because okay. they have some internal testing they okay. use, but I haven't seen it. So basically you have to uh, do the, the exam, rule out the other things that it could be, do the tilt table test, and then treat for POTS uh, in, in, in a significant amount of chronic pain. And then that we do see, like you said, it crosses fibromyalgia. Half of those people have small fiber neuropathy. Um, a lot of people are under stress, so everybody thinks it's maybe an adrenals instead of being the autoimmune problem. 
Um, a lot of people get up and they go, well, when I go from head, put my head down or I just get up, I get lightheaded. That can be a number of things. So that has to be ruled out. But it, it certainly can be POTS and the tilt test seems to be kind of the definitive mm-hmm. uh, factor. So, uh, But that's it. Uh, as with so many things that are starting to be diagnosed more, like celiac and, and Hashimoto's <laughs> and mm-hmm. things of that nature, which weren't getting diagnosed at all five years ago, these things now are exploding out into the, into the, onto the scene. And so uh, we'll continue to have more and more updates on these issues for you. So, so this is important. You want to know how to get better. Now, there's going to be some nuggets in here that are going to help some of you. There's going to be some of you who are like, you know, throwing spitballs <laughs> at, your, at your screen going, wow, this guy's like an idiot. But I'm telling you, these are the basics of how to get better. And if you bypass these, plus the ones we're going to be talking about over the next week or two, you are going to have a hard time getting better at all. And if you get better, you're going to, have, you're going to be the person who has to keep doing it over and over and over again because there are things that are Sabbath. So wrap up this week's presentation. And, and um, I'm here to educate you. We're here to try to answer the questions that we've had over the last you know, six or seven years or eight years or whatever it's been. And, um, and so please do that. So until next week, uh, I hope you... Uh, if, you're, if you're enjoying this, then, then, you know, please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big, big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again and uh, take care. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.